We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we are in session number two of our study of Riyadh al-Salihin of the first book, Kitab al-Muqaddimah or Muqaddimat. And now we're going to uh, reread the title and then read that first uh, section. Chapter one, sincerity and significance of intentions in all actions, apparent and hidden. And they were commanded not, but that they should worship Allah SWT, and worship none but Him alone, abstaining from ascribing partners to Him, and perform a salawat, and give zakat, and that is the right religion. It is neither their meat nor their blood that reaches Allah, but it is piety from you that reaches Him. Say, O Muhammad wasallam, whether you hide what is in your breasts, or reveal it, Allah knows. Okay, very good. So we have a couple of narrations here. And so first, that first narration is from Surah Al-Bayyina, which is the 99th or 98th Surah of the Quran. And there we're being taught what is pure religion, what is sincerity in religion. And so what was, uh, in that first ayah, what are the different elements there listed as, as what is sincerity in religion? Like, reread that, that first ayah in that first paragraph. Okay. And they were commanded not, but they should worship Allah. So number one, that what is purity of religion is that you're worshiping none but Allah. And again, for many Muslims, this is going to be common sense, but we'll explore it further. And then? And worship none but him alone. Okay, so none but him alone. Uh, abstaining from ascribing partners and perform a salawat and give zakat. Okay, so... so uh, this is for most Muslims, it's going to be basically like an Islam 101, which is that uh, what is purity of deen, what is established deen, it is worshipping none but Allah, worshipping none but Him, so think about it almost as, as, uh, as emphasis, right? Which is what? You don't commit shirk, right? And as a Muslim, when you're raised uh, in some amount of Islam, this is something that's hammered into you. Right? The worst thing you can do is to worship something else alongside Allah. For most Muslims, it's not a concern. But think of it in, in the sense that we're saying, okay, when we're saying there's only one God, ultimately your dependence is only on one God. Okay? And the rest of the book will help us figure out how to have dependence only on Him. Right? And then what? Establish Salah, give Zakah. Now, Salah would be the five daily prayers. Okay? Zakah would be the annual charity. Okay. Now, we often find Salah and Zakah together throughout the Quran. And if we think about how do the two relate to each other, Salah is connection. Okay. And you're connecting to a number of different uh, things, beings, for lack of a better word. Who are you connecting to, ideally? To Allah. So, number one, you're trying to connect to Allah. Okay. The form of the prayer is coming from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Meaning the Prophet says, pray as you see me pray. He was taught by Jibreel, salam, which means essentially it's coming from God. And so, you're also connecting to the Prophet, peace be upon him, by following his model. Okay. Uh, you're also connecting to nature. How? Because your prayer time relates to where the sun is in the sky. Okay. You're also connecting to the community, because the ideal prayer is a prayer that's done in congregation. And even when you're reciting Al-Fatiha, you say, Iyaka na'budu, so you alone do we worship, and you alone do we ask for help. So right there at the beginning of the surah, you're speaking in the we. Okay. So the fourth you're connecting to is the community. And fifth, you're connecting to yourself. There's a teaching of Imam al-Ghazali where he is quoting others saying that to know yourself is to know Allah. And it doesn't mean that you're Allah. It means that the better you know yourself, the more clear you're going to know Allah. Okay. You're not going to have any filters that are preventing you from getting uh, closer to Allah. 
that's ikhlas, that's sincerity. Okay. So salah is connection, zakah is purification. Okay. And people also say you're purifying your wealth, which kind of is correct. Uh, but when you put the two together, what is salah really about? It's about elevation. You're elevating yourself to Allah. Okay. Zakah is you're breaking your attachment to the world because you're giving of some of your world, your wealth. And so what is it that prevents me often from getting closer to Allah? In some cases, it's things within myself. In other cases, it's my attachment to the world. So salah and zakah, they go together because I'm trying to get closer to God, but my attachment to the world is making it hard. Like I might delay my prayer because I want to do something in the world, right? Or I might skip my prayer because I'm caught up in something in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so that would be my attachment to the world. And so this is why you find salah, or one reason why you find salah and zakah together. That's yeah. a good example. Yeah, and feel free to interrupt with any questions and such. So that's the first ayah. And then read, read uh, the next ayah, which is about the meat and blood. Oh, back to that first paragraph. Oh. Um, it is neither their meat nor blood that reaches Allah, but it is piety from you that reaches him. Yeah. So, <clears throat> how does this play out? Like, think of, of, of the context of when you're sacrificing an animal, like for, for Eid al-Adha, yeah. right? Um, it's not the meat that is reaching Allah. It's the act. Right? It's your intention, right? It is your taqwa that is, that is reaching him. And so what are we saying? That in the world, I'm doing actions in service to him, but what is it that's truly being a benefit for me? It is the intention and the motivation behind it. Okay. Uh, that is what is taking place. Because okay. Allah doesn't need, you know, like what benefit is he getting from the meat? Okay. The meat is for a benefit of us in this world. Right? But where the benefit for me is coming from is the intention behind which I'm doing it. Okay. That is what is reaching Allah. And again, that I think is straightforward. But if you put both of these together, what are we talking about? direct relationship with Allah and trying to elevate to Him and then trying to break things that are holding me back and keeping my intention pure. Okay. And then the third hadith, whether you hide. So, say Muhammad Wasallam, whether you hide what is in your breast or reveal it, Allah knows it. Okay. And again, this is for our purposes very, very straightforward. Like, explain to me, what does this seem to be saying? So, uh, it, you can't keep secrets from Allah. Like yeah. every action, whether it's private or public, mm -hmm. Allah will always know about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. that's very much it. Yeah, exactly. And then if we add this to the previous ayah, what are we basically saying? Uh, whatever is my real intention for doing something, Allah's going to know. Yeah. Right? So I might be generous because of love for Allah. Or I might be generous because I want people to think I'm great. Right? right? And I might even deny from myself what is my real intention. Right. I might even try to convince myself I'm doing this out of, out of love for Allah when in fact I might have a different intention. But the fact is, okay, whether I reveal it or, or not, Allah knows it. So this is bringing us down to the most uh, core level that in action, worship none but Allah. That was the first point. And then make it so that worship from Allah is so pure that it's down to your smallest intention. Okay. And that is the level of sincerity that we try to reach which is not an easy thing. It's an easy concept to understand, but it's a very hard point to really appreciate, especially when you're getting hit with tests. When you're being hit with struggle, then you really get tested to see, okay, how much purity do you have in terms of your relationship with Allah, right? Like, do you start giving up? Do you start cheating, you know, when you're going through a struggle? And those are one of the places where the purity of your intention does get tested. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. So... Yeah, bring whatever you like, yeah. Right, right, right. From the Surah Baqarah, I just yeah. recently read 
that uh, speaking of those tests is like Allah is also testing us for like how steadfast we are yeah. in terms of these tests and uh, that that in itself is a test mm -hmm. is uh, you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said uh, like inside the Surah Baqarah along the lines that uh, I'm going to test you as much as I've tested the believers in the uh -huh. past uh -huh. so if you think you're going to like get into uh, Jannah mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, then you're gonna go uh, have to do the same harsh test that I gave them. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's I, I, my like it, mm -hmm. what we just went over. That's a sign of sincerity. Mm -hmm. Is you know if I if I get through a tough time, do I lose faith, or do I sincerely do believe Allah still mm -hmm. there for me? Mm -hmm. uh, something along the lines. I don't know. I just brought up. No, that's that's exactly it. And and keep remembering that your stay in this world is temporary. Your stay in this world is purely a test for, you know, for all, you know, it's testing you in preparation for the day of accounting, right? That's the real stay, right? And again, we all know this, this is Islam 101, but it's very easy to really forget the seriousness of it, that this is just a, 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 a small trip, you know, before we're on the other side. Right? Okay, having said that, let's now look at the first hadith, which is often the first hadith that uh, many, many uh, hadith texts begin with. The one that says narrated by Umar ibn al-Khattab, uh, probably on the previous page. This one? Uh, right here. Okay. Uh, the reward of deeds depends upon the intentions, and a person will get the reward according to what he has intended. So whoever immigrated for worldly beliefs, benefits, oh, benefits. Uh, uh, right before, whoever emigrated for Allah and his messenger. Oh, okay. Benefits, it's, I, I don't have that. Okay. Uh, for a woman uh, to marry, his immigration would be for what he immigrated for. Oh, that's really weird. It's missing a big part of the English. Okay. So, so uh, let me, let me uh, give you the full translation. Okay. Um, so, so, indeed, actions are, 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 are by intentions, and every person will get rewarded according to his intention. Okay. So, whomever uh, emigrated uh, or did hijra for Allah and his messenger, his emigration will be for Allah and his messenger. And whoever emigrated for some worldly benefit, that's the part you saw, um, or for a woman to marry, his emigration will be for what he emigrated for. Okay. So, at, uh, uh, if you were to put it in one or two or three words, what is this hadith about? So, again, I think it goes back... What the chapter is all about is the sincerity of your intention. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing the like the immigration, the pilgrimage for Allah and His Messenger, Allah again ref referencing back to the other hadith is uh, Allah will know that. And if you're not, if you're doing it for like this example was for worldly benefits or women to marry it, another worldly benefit, mm -hmm. uh, Allah will know that. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to your sincerity of your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. So now let's look at some backstory. What's taking place here? That. Uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, is in Mecca, and he's been in Mecca preaching for, for over a decade, and uh, uh, he gets the invitation of people from Yathrib up north, come up here, we will protect you, okay? and come and establish peace in our land. And he starts sending his Sahaba, his companions, his followers to go live there. Okay? And he is also waiting for when he's going to receive the order to go. Okay. And a person comes up to him and asks, okay, um, there's a woman up there who says, if I migrate, she'll marry me. Does that count? Meaning, am I doing hijra out of obedience to you? Or am I doing hijra to marry this woman? Okay. And so this is the prophet's answer, peace be upon him. You are going to get rewarded according to what your intention was. 
So if you regarded for, if you if you did something for God and His messenger, then that's what you're going to get rewarded for. If you did something for something worldly, like to marry a woman, then that's what you that's what you migrated for. That's what you get rewarded for. Okay, meaning. Uh, what would be the reward of someone who's migrating to get married to a woman? What would be that person's reward? Uh, worldly benefits. It'd be marrying that woman. Yeah. That's why he migrated. If I'm migrating because God is telling me to do it, right, through the prophet, peace be upon him, then I'm expecting God to reward me uh, on the other side, right? And so, so one way to think about this is that all of your intentions, if you look at your intentions for everything that you do, either they're going to be for God and his messenger, or it's going to be for the world. Okay? Every little thing that you do, every big thing that you do, is either aiming you towards, towards God, or it's aiming you towards the world. Literally, 100% of the things you do will be one or the other. The ideal would be something that does both. Like a marriage can accomplish both. That you're getting married out of obedience to God and his messenger, right? and it's also a worldly act. And so, so that's the ideal. The ideal is something that benefits the next world and this world. Otherwise, second best is something that benefits the next world. The third best is something that only benefits this world. And the worst, number four, is one that benefits neither. Okay? A complete waste. Okay? Uh, or something that benefits neither. But everything you do is either towards the world or towards uh, Allah. Okay? And then take this uh, uh, another step further, that for everything, you might have multiple intentions, but there's always going to be one intention above everything else. And sometimes the goal is to figure out what that is, right? And so in the things that you do, try to figure out what is your true intention for doing something. And sometimes that's a very difficult question. Sometimes it requires us to face things about ourselves that we don't want to face, right? And so even think about, like, for example, why you're coming here to study and try to dig within yourself, like, you know, what is it that you're truly seeking, right? Maybe you're seeking to get an understanding of your beliefs. Maybe you're seeking to transform yourself as a person. Maybe you're seeking to transform yourself to get closer to Allah. Maybe you're just curious. Maybe it's all those things, uh, but one intention will be on the top, above everything else. And it's an ongoing search. And because you're, mashallah, talented, uh, one of the challenges for you will be to make sure that you don't fall into the trap over the course of your life of doing something for the purpose of attention. And I'm not saying you're doing that, obviously. I'm saying that it's something that you can, you know, when someone is articulate, it's easy to fall into that trap, that you start doing things for the, the attention that people give. Right? And so, so that is the hadith of, of uh, uh, intentions. Uh, let's uh, begin the next hadith, but we'll have to continue it next time, inshallah. Hadith number two from Aisha. An army will advance towards the Kaaba, and when it reaches an even plain, all of them will be swallowed by the earth. She asked, O Messenger of Allah, why all of them? He answered, All of them will be swallowed by the earth, but they will be resurrected for judgment according to their intentions. Okay. <clears throat> uh, another case, uh, there's uh, some of the passages, some of the passages that are not uh, being translated here for, for, for whatever reason. Uh, but essentially, uh, what you've read uh, gives us the essence. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, was speaking, and he's speaking to his wife, Aisha. Okay? Uh, and so an army is going to come to attack the Kaaba. Then they're all going to be sucked up. Why is she asking why all of them? To have, have mercy, perhaps. So one could be to have mercy. And another point can be that, all right, you got the people who are ordering the march. 
And then you got the soldiers. Who are just listening to orders. Who are just listening to orders. And then why are they soldiers? Maybe they had no choice. Right? Maybe um, if they got income, that this was the only way they could get some income for the families. Just think about even like the U.S. military. Why do people join the U.S. military? Some people are joining to fight for their country. Some people are joining to serve their country. Escaping poverty. Some people are joining because they have no other chance for income. Some people are joining because they have no family structure at all, and this is the only place they can get that, right? And so from a worldly perspective, uh, the world is not just. And so here, all of them are getting sucked up. And one lesson to take that we'll, we'll build on next week, inshallah, is that you do have an intention for why you're there, but in the world, it may not matter. Okay. So, again, like think of the example of, let's say someone comes up to me asking for money, and I give that person a dollar. Okay. Uh, I could have any of five or ten different intentions. I'm doing it out of love for Allah. I'm doing it to show off. I'm doing it so he thinks I'm generous. I'm doing it to get rid of him. Right, but the action, as far as anybody can tell, is the same action. On the day of so, on, in in dunya, you're only looking at action, okay. unless it's an issue of like conflict resolution. Okay. But unless you're only looking at the action, in akhirah, you can't separate the action from the intention. Okay. So here you have an army of people coming to attack. Uh, it doesn't really matter what their intention is in a dunya perspective. They're coming as a hostile force. From an Akhira perspective, some of those people might go to hell, some of those people might go to heaven. Right? And they're all part of the same army doing exactly the same action. And a deeper point there is that justice does not get served in dunya. And we'll build on that point, inshallah, uh, next week. Any last thoughts or questions about anything? I mean, it's, it's good to know that um, a lot of people always say, like, the world is unjust mm -hmm. and that justice isn't served correctly with certain different groups. I mean, it's... It's hard to convince people, I think, and uh, I, something I already knew was that that justice will be served in the Akhirah mm -hmm. because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and it's hard to convince people, I think, sometimes to tell them that out loud. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, you won't get it now, but yeah. wait a bit. Um, but yeah. a lot of people don't want it then, yeah. they want it now. Yeah. So I think that's an ongoing conflict mm -hmm. everyone has in life. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll build on that, inshallah, uh, next time, inshallah. Okay, subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wa akhri da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen and let me just put this on pause and